Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, August 7th. It is episode 173. I am Tony. And I'm Dennis. And, whoa, it's been a couple weeks. What's going on, Tony, before we get into the meat of the matter? Life goes on. Mm. Doobie doobie doo. Uh, no, uh, not a whole lot has been going. Uh, mainly been super busy with work-related stuff, so we've been... Uh, pretty involved with that and getting ready the kids ready for the new school year oh yeah that's right around the corner yeah it's like next week mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I, I saw someone on facebook whose kid had just started i thought oh yeah because in my in my childhood head canon school starts september right which isn't true in and fact it wasn't, it wasn't even, even true, true when, when we, we were kids, kids. <laughs> but in my head yeah. canon it's september 1 till may 31st is school yeah no so. no school starts next week uh and between the getting everything ready for with cross country and everything else. I have been a very busy, busy person. Mm-hmm. Well, I have been pretty busy with work as well. We have a big federal grant that I'm not even writing for it, but we've been heavily involved with the, the local participation part. So working on that uh, and then sort of enjoyment wise, I have, I did not go to pinball yesterday at the 403 club i've actually missed that a number of times now uh evo the fighting game tournament's been going on so i've been watching that uh which if i sound exhausted and less fun it's because i stayed up till 12 30 but i could not get through the drive i was at that point i was just too tired i could not get through top eight of dragon ball fighters which is too bad because of all the games they're playing it's the one i've played <laughs> but so uh Anyway, so that's going to wrap up today. Uh, otherwise, I've still been playing Fall Guys, doing a lot of the dailies and that to get myself the not quite fancy outfits because I don't have a season pass. I'm a cheap free player. I'm not a whale. You're a free I'm a, bird. I'm a porpoise, not a whale. So so there's that. And then Godzilla. I've uh, been still trying to get a billion on the Godzillas. Haven't done it, but I think I'm just one good Mechagodzilla away. You're you're so close. You're I, just right on. You're on the cusp. I I feel like mentally I'm on the cusp. But speaking of mentally, we should probably go right into pinball because that's what the people want. And speaking of Godzilla, let's start with Stern Pinball. So uh, they had a bunch of code. In fact, I think they updated like all the LCD games last week. Like wow. code updates for all of them. Uh, and the big thing that a lot of people have been talking about and the the thing that you and I just tried out a little bit ago before we started recording is the new feature they launched as part of their Insider Connected package called Home Team. Welcome to the Home Team. Yes. So all it is, for those that don't know, is you can store up to eight Insider Connected accounts on any of your Spike 2 games, and that eliminates the need to constantly have to scan your QR code to log in to earn your achievements and track your progress. So it's super simple. You just go into the settings and you, you load them in. And then uh, when you hold in the left flipper button a couple of seconds before you start the game, it will allow you to choose the profiles and which players they will be. So we loaded yours on yep. uh, because I put mine on a couple of days ago and we tried that out and it was super slick and it worked really well. And Honestly, it's, I'm sure a lot of people are really appreciating it because it, at least for me, I'd always just log back into the site and I'm always like, I mean, I have my phone with me, but it's, I don't usually have like stern pinball on my main load screen. So no. I just have to go there and pull it up and it's like, 
anything that enhances my laziness, I, I greatly appreciate. And it had been a while since you had played Godzilla. So you got to see like Godzilla power-ups and stuff features. Cause I, you like last played like code point nine or something. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't played Godzilla you, you hadn't since, played since like, prior to point nine four. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It was like March. The last time I played Godzilla, I haven't really played, played much pinball no. at all between everything going on. I the, keep missing the them and I have stuff going on and I just, and now I've heard we have a toy story at pizza West. People, That's what I saw on people the face and books that's there waiting for, for us. Did you know that people are getting to the wizard mode on Toy Story? I heard that. I heard it takes, you know, a game. I'm curious if I could do it in a game. Probably not. I'm, I don't think I I'm can. not. I'm not that. And they probably have set it up fairly hard for location play. You would assume. Yes. Because we don't want to Lord of the Rings this. Well, speaking of Lords, let's go to Pinball Brothers, Tony. Ooh. Remember the successor company to. They're putting out Highland. the Lord Pinball Machine. No. No. Didn't think. <laughs> At least we're getting away from Dad Rock. But I went with Lord because of royalty, because Queen Pinball, which See, is Dad how, Rock. Yes, but but I was going. I was going with a different angle. But no matter. All right, it is Dad Rock. Initial reports had been suggesting to us that Queen Pinball was going to be available to play sometime this month, September 2022. The issue. This is September. Oh my God! Did I miss something? No. <laughs> I told you, this is what happens (laughs) when I'm watching the Evo fighting championships here. Time has no meaning to me anymore. (laughs) All right. So people, people be nice to me. I'm very tired. All right. So next month, next Next month, month. there was some talk about it possibly being at the super awesome pinball. I, I, I'm hedging now because I was like, I don't know what they're calling their tailgate. I'm going to call it the Super Awesome Pinball Show tailgate. It's a thing they do with Cointaker. They've done it before, uh, or at least planned it before. I don't know. The pandemic had done any disruptions. But anyway, so the thought was Queen's going to be at that. And now we're like, uh, I don't know. Or more specifically, it's not we. It's Pinball Brothers. And they're like, whoa, 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 everyone. Y'all need to step back some. Or as I saw it expressed, hold your horses. So Pinball Brothers, while suggesting initially that it would be available for play in September, are now saying that that might be overly ambitious and that they're realist- that a realistic expectation would be that you will be able to play it at Pinball Expo, which would be on the second half of October. I'm not going to be at Expo this year. Oh, God, no. So, But I wasn't going to be at the tailgate either. So I guess it doesn't really matter much to me, but... For those of you that maybe were planning to go to the tailgate to play Queen, just be aware that it's not clear. Like they didn't say it wouldn't be there, but with supply chain stuff, they were indicating like September might be too aggressive. So just but they're and they couldn't even promise, well, who could? But they can't promise that even October will be made. But that's what that's what they're they're it sounds like that's what they're shooting for. Right. Is. That's their De- target to, to try and definitely have it out by expo. Which I get. I mean, that's a prime opportunity to pick up sales. Mm-hmm. Would be to let people experience it at Expo. So that's what's going on with them. Uh, uh, Nap Arcade has covered this in more detail than we have, and I do have a link in the show notes so people can go and read that article. We're flying right along here, Tony. And since we're flying, I think we should go ahead and fly to a company I don't believe we've talked about in a while, and that is Chicago Gaming Company, makers of the Cactus Canyon remake. Okay. So this one... 
was discussed and was new to me on last week's The Pinball Show, which I did with Zach Minnie over on the Pinball Network. And when we were doing that episode, what came up has been, and I, I've heard this for a while, CGC has been turning out Cactus Canyon remakes standard edition. And it, as you may remember, the standard edition, they had the standard edition, then they had the LE edition. And then a little bit after that, because we were at Pinball Expo when those were unveiled. Correct. And then, oh gosh, it wasn't that much longer. They announced the standard edition plus or SE plus as people call it. SE plus is the standard edition, but it comes with the topper that the LE has. It's also priced exactly the same as the LE, but it doesn't have any of the other LE features. You know, the LE had other, you know, typical LE bling. So they've been turning out, not SE pluses, but regular SEs. Here's the thing. People have been frustrated for a while now because like the LEs haven't shipped. And the reason that they've said for months now that the reason the LEs have not shipped is Chicago Gaming Company has been unable to get everything that they need to build the toppers, specifically the toppers. I have not heard any other barriers to the completion of the LE. Well, what came out during the pinball show was that because of that, Chicago Gaming is now considering shipping SE. I'm assuming because they're pretty much through the log of SE orders, but I, I don't know that. Right. But they're considering shipping the SE Plus games. Now, you might be going, well, Dennis, that you said they don't have the parts to build the toppers. The SE Pluses have the toppers, as do the LEs. So why would they do this? Well, the plan is that they were, or the consideration is, They'll ship the SE pluses without the toppers. And then when they finally get to build the toppers, they'll send the toppers separate. Somehow. I guess. So you pay as much as an LE. Yes. And then you get an SE. Yes. And maybe someday you get the topper to get your SE plus. It cost as much as the LE. While the LE, the people who initially bought in at the higher price point, guys, get a set for another one, maybe two years waiting for their machines to come out. Man, I hate pinball. It's I and I was gonna ask your thoughts, and so thank you for sharing those. I I I struggle with this. I as a strategy, I do think it makes sense if you're done running SEs, like if you don't have any more SE orders, I do think it would be better to get people the playable game and then the topper later than not. But I don't understand why you wouldn't give the LE people it first. They ordered first. If they're only running on one line, they'd have to make more changes. The SE Plus has no changes except for the topper. They can just keep pushing the line with making zero changes to the line. And that's true. I, I have assumed, and it is a total assumption, that the LEs are built. They just haven't shipped them because they're waiting on the toppers. But I don't know that's true. Right. I've just figured, because I've, I've assumed, again, that they didn't think that they would be... I mean, we're getting close to a year since this announcement and these orders for LEs. And my thought was just, they had to think they'd have the toppers done before now. I mean, of all the things to have a delay on, the freaking topper. Right. But, but here's part of the complication. So, all right. So let's say they do... Let's say they do this. Couple couple of interesting things. One would be another issue that comes up with sending the game without the topper, be it the SE Plus or the LE, is if the recipient, if it's a long delay for the topper and the recipient has grown tired of the game, that puts them in an interesting situation when it comes to selling it because they don't actually have everything for it yet. Like 
there I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say there ain't no way CGC and their distributors are going to keep a log of the uh, topper recipients and allow people to sell their game and then say oh just mail the topper to this new address yeah, like no. selling your SE plus a lot it's like people are just gonna get stuck with toppers and have to sell them separate which you could do on the market sure but they'd have to sell their game as an SE not an SE plus without the topper not that CGC needs to worry about that. But one of the things, you know, podcasting with Zach, who is a distributor for CGC, that they do need to worry about is, so logistically, how is this supposed to work? Because normally distributors get a purchase, take money, ship product. So are they supposed to keep a log of just the topper people? Do people have to pay the full SE plus price and then get an SE without the topper and then just wait? Oh, I'm sure that's what, how they'll Is want it to be Is it going to be a partial done. payment? Will they be allowed to cancel just the topper and convert down to an SE in that case? What happens with the extra toppers then? You see, there's all these questions. And, and again, this is just what they've been considering. That I've not heard that CGC has committed to doing this, but it's getting that, it's getting that bad. Like, like they're, they're, they very much recognize that they're running into a problem with not getting any SE plus and LEs out. And as you know, this is pinball. The hype, the hype doesn't last forever. And I, I don't really hear people talking about C, uh, Cactus Canyon remake anymore. It's like, uh, that no. ship has sailed. And a so, long time ago, and as you would expect, I mean, the game is almost a year old since announcement. So the interest isn't going to stay forever. So I just, I, I mean, I remember seeing the video of the topper. I don't understand what it is about this topper that's making it so difficult to get the part. I mean, are they using like the chips from the F-150 like Stern does on their no- I mean, <laughs> That's what Gary Stern had noted in an interview is that their big problem with they thought was so smart at the time is they use the exact same chips as in the F-150. And then they thought, well, that means we're going to be able to easily get a hold of them because there are so many made. Right. And now it's like, oops. Yeah. But who knew? So I'm like, Ford what, shipping them without the like, chips. What's in the what's in these toppers? Are do they have the graphics cards? The same ones that were used for for crypto mining or something? <laughs> like what's in this topper? I don't understand. It's, it's so weird. I haven't heard anyone else like struggling to get coils. I'm just trying to I mean, all I remember is it had lights and the arms go go. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, anyway. I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't understand. I don't uh I, I don't really hate pinball. Uh, just to put that nice out there. Nice of you to put a clarifier. People are getting right into a collective gamers podcast at gmail.com uh, and express their hate of you. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, it's just the whole kind of murky background and stuff when it comes around specifically new inbox pinball purchasing and stuff. Uh, I'm uncomfortable with. I feel. Uh, the sheer number of people who are, and I'm the same way with anything else where it's, where it's like, Hey, I'm going to drop a huge amount of money on something and I might get it in a few years. Like, like with the, the, the Tesla cyber trucks and the Reven mm. pickup trucks and, and everything else. I, it is a personal pre-order issue that I have when it comes to dropping huge amounts of money on stuff that has no, firm dates, no firm protections for mm-hmm. the purchaser in it. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that I, I feel is going very strongly for CGC is it is a manufacturer that has been around a long time. They manufactured more than pinball for right. most of that period, but 
um, by and large, they've been, even with the pinball, quite successful. But also, much like JJP and many others we've talked about on this show, quite slow. Like, I mean, <laughs> remember the Monster Bash? Or, uh, most of their slowness, though, is always like getting the next game out, not right. so much the production. And everybody's been hit by the yes, production problem. I mean, so that's about, not a CGC. From, from that boot, is a world right, right, thing. Right, from boutique to, and in pinball, from boutique to major manufacturer, we've we've mentioned, like, they're all struggling in some capacity, it seems. So I, I get it, but I, they're, they're clearly, what they're considering to try and deal with this, uh, I think makes sense, but there's also a lot of logistical stuff that they clearly have never planned for. I mean, it's just not the pinball model to send out games and then send out the other half of the game later. Yeah. And I get that, that it's not, it's just a, it's a, just a toy that goes on top, but the complication of tracking it because CGC is not doing this all themselves. They use a distributor network. So I think, I think the big issue is I'm guessing the big issue is they don't want to shut the line down. Yeah. That would be, so they want to keep the line rolling. And my guess, again, these are blind guesses, but that, they have finally burned through the SE orders. Yeah. Otherwise, I think they would just keep turning out SEs. And as annoying as it would be for people, the the rumor mill would get around and be like, oh gosh, I've been in, I've been in on an LE for 10 months now. And someone else will be like, well, if you order an SE, you get it in three weeks. Right. So order, you know, cancel your order and get an SE. I mean, the the distributors will probably let you because the LE was seen as such a good bargain and it sold out and you know instantly. Because the price wasn't that much higher than no, it wasn't. It it was really close, and it could be also that they just don't have storage space to keep running the machines. Mm. So you keep the line going, keep the machines being made, and then just having almost complete machines sitting on the dock waiting for the toppers to show up and be put in the box to seal them up and ship them. That's going to end up eating a lot of space. Most of these companies, and we've talked about that before, don't maintain like massive warehouse space. As far as they're concerned, the distributors are responsible for holding the product, not themselves. Right. But without the toppers. The product's not complete. Right. And again, the distributors, because so many of them, like I don't know how many distributors are just like CGC exclusive, if any. So... That space is also being used by Stearns and JJPs and wh- whoever else they're dealing with. Like, how many incomplete SE pluses and LEs do you want to hold on to? Like, physically, while right. you wait for possibly months, months more. Right. And how many of these distributors are operating under the, hey, I've got a warehouse, as opposed to, hey, I have a storage shed. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I have a you store it rental place that I can keep you know, 15 machines in. Yeah. I mean, who, who knows, especially with the pandemic period, games were not staying in stock. were flying off shelves, so to speak so quickly. You didn't really need storage spaces, my guess. Cause you, everything was just like almost like immediately getting shipped right, right back out. If not shipped direct from the manufacturer. Right. So anyway, very interesting stuff. Uh, speaking of interesting, uh, let's touch on Multimorphic because they had an announcement come out as well since our last episode. So this, I, I do have a link in the show notes. Uh, there was a post on Pinside that claimed, I should clarify, claims to be contents from an email that Multimorphic sent out. I have not seen anyone say that it was inaccurately pasted or anything, but just FYI, I did not get the original email, so I have not read officially the email. You're not on Multimorphic's email list? I'm. I'm not. I don't think I'm on anyone's email. Well, maybe JJP still emails me stuff, but I've tried and get, I think I've gotten off of all the lists except 
uh, except IFPA, which like three fourths of what they send me are ads for companies that are doing deals with them. I need to see if there's an opt out option because honestly, I'm getting a little sick of it. <laughs> but- see, my, my 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 big problem is there is somebody whose email address is like my first initial, my last name, and plus a number or two mm-hmm. that lives in Michigan, and they a lot of times forget to put the number or two in. So I get his recall for his cars. No. I get all the um, I, I get all the stuff that he where he signs up for some email list for some politician or for I'm getting the emails for hey you need you've got this coming in or whatever and it's like not me man I don't even live in Michigan yeah <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah I hate that uh, uh, the closest I have to that is at work. Um, the phone number we have for the office, which goes back to the first executive director in the early 2000s, um, I guess somewhere, or maybe it's just people getting confused with doing searches, but like they think that I am vital statistics and the source of birth certificates. Oh. So I get a lot of requests for birth certificates. It's not too bad anymore. Like it was really bad in the, in the 2000s, I remember, because I, I shared office space with the person. And so I heard the phone ring all the time. I probably get a request a month for a birth certificate, though. So I try and call them all back and say, here's the actual number. I'll also let you know, here's how much it'll be. Here's how much it will be to expedite it. So we were unable to locate your birth certificate. Here's Please how many years again. they have. If you need to go back further, here's the process. I had someone call trying to find their grandfather's birth certificate. And I was like, okay, well, sounds like he probably was born after 1905. So I think they'll be able to help you. But you're so helpful. I try and be helpful. That's what sets. That's what public service is, is helpfulness. And we're helpful here on the podcast, talking about all these interesting things from large and small companies. So Multimorphic, an email announcement. I'm not going to read it. It's way too long allowed. That's why there's a link. So people can just go and read it themselves. Here are the highlights that I identified from my read through. So I don't know if you've read the actual email. It's somewhat long, Tony. So my highlights will probably be good enough for you if you have not read it. If these are the highlights, that must be an enormous email. I, I, I'm like, I say I'm only going to touch on the highlights and I do, I do think I like bulleted seven items. So, so anyway, <laughs> so first one, Weird Al, the game had a large software update, including some new modes. So people who are into Weird Al, just be aware of that. Uh, second, the uh, Multimorphic team has been glowing and they growing and glowing. Maybe. Maybe not like in a radioactive way, but enjoy, you don't know. but mean, enjoy of, of getting all these weird owls. Sent. I mean, with the temperatures the last few weeks, I'm sure that they've been glowing in the it's way too hot way. That's fine. I mean, they are in Texas. So that's, yeah, that's a fair point. But anyway, so they say that they are close to reaching short term staffing goals. Uh, but the process to reach this point in the staff up has taken them longer than they anticipated, specifically two months longer than anticipated. So. Because of this, they have stated that they are approximately two months behind on the shipping estimates that they had been providing people, I assume, since the Weird Al reveal. Because that's when that would all, make sense. You know, the shipping estimate, and then if we miss it by six months, you can get your, your right. deposit back sort of thing. They also noted, though, that they do expect the delay to actually get worse, but only for a couple more weeks, and then start to shrink. And, I mean, it didn't say why. My guess would be, Maybe they've got that that staff, but they haven't trained them yet. Sort yeah, of thing. That would make sense. So another bullet was uh, they state 
that they continue to have sufficient parts on hand to do the builds. That's something they have uh, they have indicated before. Another bullet, uh, a new P3 order. So that's the system. Correct. Today would take approximately one year to ship. That's the estimate, the official estimate. So the official estimate is still faster than getting your your Cactus Canyon remake from CGC. Ouch, Ellie. <laughs> Thank you for adding the Ellie. Like not for I'm pretty sure you can get messy faster than a year. Uh, then uh, another bullet point: their full game kits. The pricing on those is going to change. It's going to go higher as of September first. But you can lock in the current price up until that date. So. They also noted in that that it's going to be a $500 deposit per kit. And that follows the whole non-refundable unless they miss the shipping deadline by at least six months. So just so people might be curious, here's the pricing as, I, as I've as i noted it. They said that the Weird Al module is going to move to $3,500. So looking at the website, that's a $500 increase. Heist is going to move to $3,250. That would also be a $500 increase. Cosmic Kart Racing will move to $3,000. That's a $400 increase. Lexi Lightspeed will move to $3,000, and that's also a $400 increase. And Cannon Lagoon will move to $1,800, and that's a $301 increase. And then finally, the last highlight I wrote down was the price of the Rocks and Grand Slam Rally downloadable games have decreased by $200 and are now $199. So, pretty big update. Yeah. Do you have any general thoughts or parts of the this that you want to explore? I think that I'm hopeful. Let's go with I'm hopeful uh, that with their hiring issues, they can get back on track with where they wanted to be. Uh, it has been a rough time to hire people uh, across the board. I should know. I've been trying to hire people mm. for like since April. Uh, at this point and uh, the way everything keeps going up, a lot of people are just not going unless you've got a big enough, you got, you have to have a real big salary to bring people in. Um, so the price increases, I'm never surprised by price increases. And I don't, I mean, and I don't follow multimorphic all that closely. I'm not aware of them having really ever raised the prices on the kits before though. It, it's, they're not known for constant price increases. Right. So, uh, in fact, that was something I know we used to comment on was getting in on a P3 with a game was about $10,000 for a really long time. And that was very, very high when, in my view, when it first came out. And then as the rest of pinball kept inflating, it was like, you know what? This sort of 10000 by Christmas is just by virtue of it, everyone moving towards $10,000, making the P3 more and more competitive from right. a price standpoint. So, no, I don't... Um, I. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at this. Uh, I was actually surprised that they seemed more inflation resistant than the other manufacturers for a while. And I wondered if some of that came down to the tech, like if you bought enough uh, monitors or whatever the playfield screens are made, right. for example, like if that's older technology and like it's not my, I believe it's 1080p tech. So like if that's no longer expensive anymore. Or they had enough already stockpiled. Right. That it could have been that, a stockpile There are a couple issue. ways to kind of inflation-proof you, yourself. Uh, so this having, a, having to finally go up, I don't think that's particularly unusual. I also think it makes sense as a strategy if you need 
more cash injected in. And they're going to need more cash injection because they've had, they, they've definitely had to increase what they're paying the workers. They have to have. Well, else we, they would have never gotten anybody. There, uh, we had discussed their Indeed.com listing at $15 an hour right. a couple episodes ago, I think it was. And we had noted in follow-up research that they now have listing, uh, last I looked, which was a few days ago, at $17 an hour. So, again... The money has to come from somewhere. Right. And it's the way it can work as a cash injection is by offering this drop dead date to lock in the current pricing. It creates a scenario where they're they're pressuring their existing owners or people have made purchases, but not like the entire system with every kit purchase to commit now. And then they get the five hundred dollar deposits. So strategically, this I think is a is a reasonable way to inject more money into the right. company. It gives you that nice little because of the deposits, yeah. five hundred dollars per. Yeah, and then you can finish off later. So that works out pretty well. For yeah. Them. Um. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh. New. A. A year to get a P three order isn't going to do them favors to get more P three orders. No, but it's maybe not. they shouldn't be taking more P three until orders. they. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, until they're caught so, up. So saying that kind of solves the problem. Like they don't have to stop it, but it also warns you. Like I, most people I know in pinball don't wait a year. Like right. they, well, they do. They end up and they get mad. They don't want to wait a year. Let's let's phrase it that way. And obviously, people have been waiting a really long time lately because of all the shortfalls and stuff we talked about earlier in the show you know, right. impacting all the players but in a normal state of affairs people expect to get the game i mean a couple months it depends on the manufacturer boutiques are given more of a pass because they have smaller production capabilities but they also usually have fewer orders so it's usually not right much. i mean we can go to the extreme of like a spooky where if you get on the back end of a of a Rick and Morty release or a Halloween release, you know, in those instances, you may be waiting like 12 to 18 months. And this is obviously quite in line with that. With the Stern, people generally, like if they're ordering a rush or something, they would normally expect to get it within a month. I mean, it's a, setting shortfalls aside. That was the, that's the, that's the typical expectation. Or like what JJGP has done with Toy Story. Uh, people have been getting their Toy Stories. Right, because no one's buying them. But, but, but I mean, what can I? Well, um, <laughs> that's partially unfair, but mostly fair. It's mostly fair because of the pricing they set. So, so uh, I mean, I like that they're being transparent about that. Uh, do you think it has any fallout? No, I don't think it's going to be. Everybody's been raising cost across the board. The only fallout they're going to see is going to be the normal fallout you would expect, which is they'll get less orders. Do you, what about, I think they'll get they'll they'll, right, get, they'll right. get like we talked about they'll get a surge from people who already own P3s now, but that's kind of been the P3 problem or the problem with the P3 system entirely is it has a much more limited player base because people will buy the new kits, but not as many people are buying into the system as a whole. Mm. One Which the, Weird Al helped with. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I, I would have been, and again, I, I think the email had enough detail, uh, so I'm not, it would have been, it would have been interesting, I would say, to know, like, all right, they said how long a new P3 order would be expected to ship, but how long would a new Playfield kit be to ship? Because it, it seemed like, to me, and again, this is more antidotal, but it right. seemed like they've been turning out Weird Al, Weird Al modules 
pretty consistently. Like the modules seem to be going out faster than the systems are. So which would make which sense. Would make sense. Yeah. But I'm just kind of curious, like where do the like if I were to order a Lexi kit today, I'm curious, you know, if I I would be wondering like what's the what's the time estimate? And, 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 you know, if I was in the market for it, I'd, I'd just contact them and find out. But but um, well, it brings up considering how much smaller and how much less space the kits take up. How many do they all just have sitting on a shelf pre-made? Yeah, it's. I think I agree with you. I don't think the price increase uh, really has fallout. Um, if anything, I think it gets them a, a surge in purchases from people who already are in on the system. I, I, and I agree with you that the new uh, order estimate on the system of being a year might slow up people potentially thinking about ordering. But honestly, I don't know how aggressive it would be at the. We've, we're months and months away since March, right? From a new game reveal, and as we talked about earlier with Cactus Canyon, hype dies over time. It's just it's how it is. I don't know people that are hyping over Rush anymore, like it, when it came out, because it's not new anymore. It, it's yeah. still the newest Stern, but it's not. It's not like that initial surge, right? And so, because of that, until there's another new game from P3, I would assume it sounded like from their email, not in my bullets, but in their email, that they've still been, you know, trucking along, getting new orders in. So I don't know what pace that's at, but I assume it will slow with people knowing up front that it's a year. Uh, the only real risk, in my view, of of negative impact, quote unquote, would be the statement that they're now two months behind. Because when we talked about, and I think the last time announcement was maybe about two months ago. I don't remember anymore. When they had said they were about two weeks behind. Right. So that, in theory, could have an impact on people who are already in on a purchase. But if they've not yet reached the estimate plus six months to get their full refund. I don't know that they pull out. And anecdotally, I've heard from three different people, Mm -hmm. one who has stuck with the purchase, but they're not sure they're actually going to keep the system once they get it. One who transferred their order to someone else. So they're out of their purchase, but they found someone else to take deal with the deposit. And then one who indicated they were trying to cancel their order. All of these individuals, I believe, were prior to Weird Al. So there are people who've been waiting for coming up on a oh, year. Oh yeah, we know people, show. we know people that ordered around Expo last year. Right. That that don't have their systems yet. That's part of my where I mention my where I look and I see I know people are getting Weird Al modules. I see them announce them and show them off online. But the P3 systems seem to be and as you noted, not surprising, it's far more complicated than the module. Right. <laughs> the system is the system plus they're not going to, in my view, it would be like the topper thing with CGC. They're not going to send, but more so, they're not going to send a system without a module. What would you do with it? <laughs> that would really make people mad, right? I would be mad if you get, like, if I had got Godzilla and you didn't include the back third of the game. <laughs> I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it would be weird. So that's probably the only thing, but um, none of this stuff overall. I don't think it's particularly surprising. So. Yeah. Anyway, but we provided the info because people would get upset. We don't cover everyone. Except, you know what? I've never actually had someone write in and get upset if we didn't cover home pin. Who? See. <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> it's weird. The world of podcasting is weird. You'll get, we'll get people that uh, will, I'm not going to whine. Well, I'll whine a little bit. 
But you'll get people that will get upset if you don't talk about someone. And of course, I think unsurprising to people, you'll get sometimes you'll get people who are upset when you're critical of anyone. Right. Uh, the smaller, though, the more vocal. So, yes. And Spooky was notorious for that. It particular. was for it, though. It's not it's not nearly no, as bad anymore. No. When we first started podcasting, if you said anything critical mm. of Spooky, the emails and the messages yep. were thick and heavy. And we didn't get it too bad on Haggis, um, but we didn't cover them all that much. Uh, but I've seen it on the forums. Haggis is like a, is like the new spooky. Yeah. Where, but with them, it's like the Australians are super defensive of it. Everyone wants to have a pulled you up by a bootstrap story. You know, you like to cheer for the underdog. Sure. Why not? But we're just telling it like it is. That's how we do it. So anyway, speaking of telling it like it is, Tony, it's time for Rumor Corner. Yes. So on this week or this fortnight's rumor corner, we are going to do <laughs> this fortnight. That's because we're every other <laughs> we're, week. We're me and Dennis week. are going to be the new characters in the next fortnight. <laughs> we're not. We're not. But what if we were? How many people would wear our skins? I don't know. That'd be weird. That sounds creepy when I say it like that. Would be. How many people would wear your skin? I'm going to go like out on a long suit and say a couple or three people could wear my skin, but that's not talking about the game. Creepy. Yes. <laughs> like, that, that sounds creepy too. <laughs> oh, now I'm just thinking of Edgar suits. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. A shambling Tony come up to me in a game. Give me some sugar water. <laughs> Gotta get my sugar water. I need a Coke. Double cheeseburger to Coke. Now, I believe on last episode, our rumor corner was about Jersey Jack Pinball. And I mentioned that there was a rumor that they actually control the license for the Matrix. To which I think you immediately said Matrix 4. <laughs> and I immediately then said, ha 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 ha. It's true. Um, and actually we did have, uh, I believe it's Chris Chandler emailed into the show who in response to a comment I had said about, I hadn't seen the latest matrix movie sent me a video of a guy playing, doing the whole two character thing uh, about talking about the plans to green light the movie. And he, and he just told me, this is the accurate summary. <laughs> and uh, so I watched that. I'm like, okay, I'm not sure I'll ever watch Matrix 4 then, if that's no. true. But I've got another JJP rumor. Okay. That's right. This one says that Jersey Jack Pinball controls the license to do Top Gun. The new movie oh. has been super successful. In it fact, critically, been. it's seen as a better film than Top Gun. So... This one might be you can't you can't lose for winning sort right. of scenario because if JJP does the sequel to all a Toy Story four they actually do the superior film and if they do the original Top Gun they hit all the nostalgia so it's win win right. if it's true because if they do the new one JJP will put out the pen bomb for the brand new just came out in twenty twenty two Top Gun twenty years after the movie comes out. And uh, it's not going to be 20 years. They'll put out, but if they do the original, it's going to be like 40 plus years after the movie. Oh man, it's, <laughs> it's going to be 60 plus years after <laughs> the movie coming out. 84 years. 
No, uh, <laughs> just now I'm imagining old Rose throwing Top Gun pinball into the ocean. Yeah, I just so it can be with it, Leo. It reminds me of a thing I saw uh, when I was on the Grams the other day, where somebody was like, "Well, yeah, no, that was like 30 years ago," and somebody was like, "Oh, so the 70s?" Like, no, 92. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's like yeah. oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. That's what it's like. That's what it's like, it's what it's like for us now, Tony. I'm, I feel that a lot. I'd still sit back and I'll be like, a movie's not old unless it's the 80s or earlier, right? And then I was. I had a conversation with somebody. Oh, no. And I was talking about seeing The Matrix, the first Matrix Mm -hmm. in theaters. And they were like, I've never seen a Matrix movie. Those movies came out before I was born. I'm like, I hate you. Yeah, it's like, and I don't know if it, I mean, obviously every individual is different, but I mean, we saw stuff that like, like Holy Grail. Right. But that doesn't count. That's like a cult classic. Yeah. But do the kids today watch it? I don't know. I don't know. My kids haven't seen it. I talked once someone, I was on a, I think it was on a discord and I mentioned something uh, and somehow anime came up. I mentioned a couple of animes and they had said, oh, yes, no, I've, I've heard of those, but people today don't actually like any of the hand-drawn stuff. So you have to get into the CG right. era. Uh, and then they'll talk classics is classics from the early 2000s. Well, and the thing is, is part of this issue could be with you and me in particular, because we watch a lot of old stuff. Because as you recall, I'm not sure that you do recall, but you might, when... I was dating my now wife. We went and saw one of the James Bond movies. I don't remember which one it was. I don't remember which James Bond movie. It was one of the ones that came out in the early 2000s. Um, man, that's going to be stuck in my head forever. And my wife went with us to go see it. That's where we found out my wife had never watched a James Bond movie before. Mm. It's like, wait, what? Hmm. I had not remembered that. (laughs) So it's just. It is. Every different. Everybody goes and sees things differently and they, they watch old stuff differently. And some people don't watch anything old. Some people just sit down and watch The Office for the 15,000th time. That's true. Well, but for JJP, turning it back on theme, uh, Top Gun, actually, I think it's a better pick than Matrix is. I do. Me. I think it's a much better pick. Given than that Matrix. the new movie was so successful and the new Matrix movie is so hated, um, and Top Gun, actually, in a lot of ways, I feel probably has stronger nostalgia than Matrix. Even I think though so. original Matrix is probably a better movie than Top Gun. The is. first one is, but the second and third right, one right, were right. rough. So, given all of that, I, this this is a smart one for you know JJP doesn't. I don't think they typically do bad theme picks, honestly. Uh, like Pirates made sense. It was a I huge, mean, and it was based on all of them. So it I, was uh, Guns N' Roses is a huge dad rock band that made sense. Yeah, Wizard of Oz. I always thought was a, such a weird choice, but I mean, everyone knows Wizard of Oz, so it is right. well under you know well understood. And you know, Hobbit. Oh, that, all right, that one was Hobbit's such a great story, but. I mean, they didn't know the movie was were going to be bad, and they didn't like. They're not badly made. It's just like they're so bloated, and 
to be fair, I think they thought the game would come out like before all the movies did. So right. we didn't, we weren't going to know how bloated it was. So, but I don't really care necessarily about any of that. I just care whether or not you were rumor tamed. Yeah, I will go with yes. I, th- I think, I think Top Gun would be good. I mean, typically if I want that kind of thing, I'll, I'll just go, uh, Man, I remember the old NES Top Gun game. I actually had a oh god, I hated that game because I could never land the jet. It's so it's hard, hard to land. To refuel the, it. it was. Oh, it was so terrible. I actually had an NES plane control flight stick that I played that game. Oh, with. okay. Yeah, I I rented that game a few times. I actually, and, oh, that was one of the NES games I, just, I actually I owned. Not, I played it all the I, time. I struggled with refueling, and when I get the refueling right, then I would crash on the carrier. Yeah, or miss it. Or and, and 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 the 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 eight bit music version the the eight bit Nintendo version of that game's uh, if they do Top Gun I want that I want their soundtrack to have that little eight bit version of the Top Gun music in it just somewhere for a second they should they could put it on the on the screen in the back as the mini game to play the NES version oh that'd be great. That'd be Since they love to use screens, they might as well let us play the NES classic. I wonder. I wonder if the the Weird Al uh, update, since it adds new modes, includes his new song from the Lego Star Wars movie. What's the name of that? They added a like a drinking from the fire hose. No, it, it's like it's like it's like Scarif Beach Party. Oh, I don't. I I don't. That wasn't in the summary, so I doubt it. Considering I literally saw Weird Al post it on Facebook this morning mm. or yesterday or something like that. Yeah. Because I only look at Facebook like once a week. But Maybe maybe next week it'll be maybe. the update. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Video games, Tony. What's we going on? We have video games. Being we are into the August, we're finally getting some real deeper looks at the uh, financials for the second quarter for most of these companies that has been released. Uh, the big ones I caught is from Activision Blizzard King. Uh, notice I normally don't include King in there, but I mm. need to include King in there because based upon the revenue reports from their second quarter of this year, uh, more than half of their revenue comes from the King portion of that. And, uh, I'd saw the, the I saw the headline for this. Yeah, their mobile division is literally more than half of the revenue for Activision Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't you all have phones? Yeah, apparently. Well, and that's the thought is that Diablo pushed it up, but even ignoring Diablo pushing it up, their overall sales for their PC and console sales are down mm. appreciably. Well, they haven't had a new game in forever. No, they haven't. And that is definitely hurting them. But supposedly, according to a tweet that recently came out, there will be no more public betas for Overwatch 2. I heard that as well. Overwatch 2 will formally announce or launch on October 4th. Okay. That could be huge. A it lot could, of people like really liked the initial beta or the feedback was really good. Right. I I didn't try it. So I'm, I don't know. I I'm just kind of you're like it's Activision you don't well it's not even that it's just the Overwatch community got so toxic but maybe the Overwatch 2 community will be I, non-toxic I literally had a conversation with my daughter where she's like no I just had to quit playing I got tired of being told to kill myself every game mm-hmm. it's like good call 
Good call. That was sort of my experience with the Rainbow Six Siege community. Like, they do not like trash players. Yes. And I hadn't played it, so I was pretty trash. It, it, I, I think it is a problem that we have with any of these online games. Uh, it's probably part of the reason why I don't play them very much anymore. I pretty much play single-player stuff. I've been playing a lot of Nova Drift, uh, which will hopefully, which is still early access, but is supposed to get a new update here in a little while, adding a bunch of new enemies. But it's just a fun uh, roguelike. I love that kind of game. Um, Square Enix's uh, uh, financials are out. Uh, Their net sales last quarter dropped 16%. Final Fantasy XIV was the only bright spot because uh, their their receipts and their number of subscribers keeps increasing. Okay. So basically at this point, at least for this year, it's looking like final fantasy 14 is what's keeping square afloat this year. Hmm. They are, uh, uh, the not surprisingly, everything they've dropped on Avengers on Avengers this year has just trashed and that's not helping. Yeah. I don't think they can save it. And they've not made any major, their MMO division, which is final fantasy 14, Final Fantasy 11 and a Dragon Quest MMO at this point are a huge portion of it's like more than a third of their total incoming hmm. profits. Well, maybe they'll be okay once they fully integrate crypto. Maybe. Or we'll see what happens when Final Fantasy 16 drops whenever that happens. Mm-hmm. It should be sometime. Yes. Sometime. Also, while we're talking business and finances, uh, the Chinese gaming company Tencent, who's the largest gaming producer in the world, uh, they're looking to increase their ownership stakes of Ubisoft. Currently, they own 5% of Ubisoft, and they are looking to take a controlling interest uh, from the Gulamats family, who is the original founders of Ubisoft, there's a 80% of Ubisoft shares are publicly owned. The remaining 20% are broken 5% to Tencent, 15% to the Google. Oh, okay. And they're looking at taking, or at least reports are that they made a substantial offer uh, to take over the Google shares. Okay. So that would put them at 20%, which would be a controlling interest. Right. It would be very difficult for the rest of the public share. They, you have to have, no one would do it, but you'd have to have like a massive coordinated campaign to stop them getting anything they want. Right. So uh, we'll see how that works out for them, making them even larger than they already are. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about Lord of the Rings and Hobbit and all that, the Golem game has yeah, been delayed again. Yes, yes. It's... Mm, it needs some polish. It needs some polish. They're pushing it back two months. Which show it should still technically drop this year if it doesn't get pushed back again. Right. But at this point, this game is starting to move towards uh, cyberpunk levels of pushback. Yeah, but it's not nearly as big of a game. So that's very true. And it wasn't so. nearly as well looked forward to. Right. So I, I, I imagine they'll be able to. It's not. It's like open world games always suffer the most. So. Right. Because they're so susceptible to bugs. So I'm hoping. That, I mean, I'm fine with it being delayed. I uh, yeah, 
it's not so bad as I to suspect like, oh, this is becoming vaporware uh, sort of things. But right. But um, we'll see what happens with it. If, if it doesn't I mean, get out this year, then, yeah, there might be cost for concern. We don't want to, we don't want it to scale bound itself. Right. And I mean, again, it's a much smaller game. I mean, compared to something like 2077. Yeah. yeah 2077. So it, it, it's not like it's going to be a make or breaker thing. Uh, that said, talking about Lord of the Rings games, I mean, I really enjoyed the shadow games. Yeah. I would like to see a third one. I always thought they were, it, it have felt you won like the it. second one. I don't remember okay. at this point. It's set up for another one. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, uh, come on. I like. I did. And the nemesis system. The nemesis system. It feels was so like good. such a way. It, it feels does. like. It feels like to do a pinball reference. It feels like Stern doing that projector, cool projector system for Stranger Things, and then never using it again. It's right. Like, why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you come up with nemesis system? You used it in the sequel. The sequel is better. It is. And then. I I, I don't. Where I don't. are my orcsies? It's a, it's honestly a system that. Where are my Orcsies I've killed eight times and I keep coming back more machine now than than Urukai. But I've played so many games where a system like that would be an amazing mm, addition. Yeah, I'm I'm very surprised that it has not been utilized in some other non Tolkien world. Right. It, it, it seems like it'd know. be so easy to do. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh super short video game segment today. My last bit is a little bit of sad, possibly disturbing. Uh, the star Wars Knights of the old Republic remake Knights of the old Republic. I'd never played, but people it's beloved. It is the best star Wars RPG. It is great. It is tons of fun. It's got a great story. It's, it's just excellent. So this remake should be easy cash in hand because it's been a long time since Knights came out. You would this think this so. ain't like Capcom, like constantly going back to the well every half gen. Right. You would think so. I do think so. <laughs> You'd be wrong. What? <laughs> the uh, the the game is currently on pause. It has been indefinitely delayed. Uh, the company doing the remake, Asper, uh, has fired the art director and the design. A director for the game and the game is on pause while they appear while they search for new ones at the end of june the company did a had to do a vertical slice demo of the game for lucasfilm and sony um they were not happy mm. they weren't happy with the game at all this is a game that has been the remake has been in production for three years oh wow and lucasfilm and sony did not take it well. So the game is now in pause and it might not ever make it farther than where it is now. That's just, that's rough. Yeah. I, um, I mean, having seen some stuff on the making of games, I'll, I, I will throw out, I'm not a huge fan of when there's a demand for a vertical slice. Cause I think it's a huge waste of time by and large <laughs> saying that aside. Right. Clearly the point though, is to figure out what's, and so it may very well have been warranted when you said that they released their art and design directors, both I've just imagined someone logging into it and it's all like that, uh, Jesus painting restoration where he got turned into a potato. Oh. And that was like, <laughs> what is this? You were supposed to remaster it. 
<laughs> you were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. <laughs> you just see potato people everywhere. See, I'd pictured it as as being done as kind of a uh, 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 fall guy, claymation-y oh, oh. looking little. <laughs> 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 Oh, <laughs> they're all beans now. What's happening? <laughs> they're all beans. They throw in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Lots of Among Us references. <laughs> the character's going, This guy's sus. <laughs> Very sus you are. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was uh it, it's too bad. I I have actually within the last few years replayed the the game with the where they've done the re-release of just the original game with the old graphics and the not as good controls. It's still a fun game. It's fun because it it's it's a game that will let you choose your path. Like mm. you can be a Sith or you can be a good Jedi or you can just pretty much ignore the whole Jedi thing and just concentrate on other stuff. Cause I remember having one of the most fun runs I ever did in that game was I ran and I became a Jedi, but I didn't use lightsabers. No, I dual weld pistols. That's right. As a Jedi uncivilized. And it was great. It was so much fun. <laughs> Well, if people had fun with this episode, they can email us at Podcast at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash Podcast, where Tony can check the message once a week when he logs in. Yes. We're also available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers, I which did, you I did, did Twitch. You I twitched. Did. I twitched because Travis, Mr. Travis Murray of the famed Triple Drain Pinball Podcast, which just recently had an episode where they spent... Over 45 minutes breaking down Godzilla. They call it the triple combo section. I've not yet told them that I think they should rename it to the sextuple combo because it was twice as long as it should have been. But (laughs) it's called triple combo because each of them talk about a strategy on how to play the game. But because it's Godzilla, the greatest game ever made, and there were so many ways to play it, that's how long it took. I was like, yikes. I went walking yesterday. I won't yeah. t- don't worry, folks. I won't tell a walking story. I went walking yesterday to go around and then pick up lunch. It took my entire walk to get through it. That was wow. such a long show. And I don't play at 1X. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, but he had been talking about, you know, Dennis, you need to get a billion points. You got you to gotta be better than Joel, his, one of his co-hosts on the show. You got to be better than Joel. You got to get a, a billion points on Godzilla. And he's like, you need to just stream it. So I think he went so he could watch what I was doing wrong. I streamed it for two hours and 45 minutes. He never showed up. There's other people who then came away going, I want to buy this game. As like, you should, because it's, it's the fun. best pinball game out there. I don't think my play. I, I, my last game was my best. And I think I, I broke half a billion today. I almost broke half yeah. a billion. I didn't, but I almost did. Uh, but nope, didn't get the billion. But anyway, um, so yeah. So our Twitch, eclectic underscore gamers did actually get used. So yay. Yay. That's great. But, We'll be back in a couple weeks. A fortnight in our skin, in our fortnight skins, which are our own skins. Yes. But until then, I'm Dennis. I'm Tony. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.